0: This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today.
1: We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net/slash shop.
0: Use the code PODCAST and receive 10% off your first order. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Sarah. And today's journey, we meet up with Eco Elsa. We really enjoyed getting to meet Eco Elsa and interview her at a local park.
1: Eco Elsa is a naturalist local to Minnesota. Who has over four years of experience working in environmental education? She has a passion to provide free resources for teaching outdoors through her videos on YouTube, through blog posts, and different social media sites. Eco Elsa was um, a really inspiring person to meet. And the crazy thing was, as I was thinking about it, is I was connected with her through the internet. And the internet is such a blessing yet also a curse because you can spend so much time on it, but it can connect you to amazing people. And she was one of my suggested people that I might like. So I clicked on her and sure enough, I liked her. So I got connected with her. I highly encourage that you check her out and are inspired to get in touch with her or attend one of her free hike Fridays. So I hope that you enjoy our interview with Eco Elsa. hi everyone thank you for tuning into our podcast today we are um super excited to be here with eco elsa today um i found her through social media and the one thing that totally like attracted me to her page was the fact that she had a post about last child in the woods by richard love and i so love that book as a preschool teacher as an educator as an outdoor enthusiast I have this deep love for that book so when I saw that on Eco Elsa's page I was like this girl's right up my alley (laughs) so um thank you for coming to the podcast today Eco Elsa yeah totally (laughs) um so why don't you just give us a little bit about your background and what you what you do with children and families outdoors yeah so my name is Elsa Latecki. I've uh, lived and
2: worked in Minnesota in the Midwest for about going on five years in this field. It'll be five years, I think, this coming spring, of like officially out of college working. Uh, my background is: I always knew I wanted to work outdoors. I loved being outside. I couldn't stand being crammed in a room for hours on end, having to sit. So I knew I was going to go outdoors. And then when I got to college, I thought, Oh, I'm going to be a hermit, like. I'm going to be Jane Goodall. I'm going to go up and do research like a moose and wolves and stuff in the north. And the more and more I worked in the field, the more and more I realized I liked people, surprisingly. (laughs) I liked working with them. And I realized I really liked leading hikes. Like my favorite memories from college were probably going out with friends and showing them this plant, plant or this bird or that thing. And really, I liked it. And I realized then that there was a job for that. And I started working in this field. And then I realized that there were other areas that I really liked enjoying I had a part-time job once at a STEM school as their on-site naturalist. And what I did there is I helped the teachers take their curriculum and get them outdoors. so they And could, for people yeah. who don't know what STEM is, can we oh, yeah, explain what STEM is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is science, technology, engineering, and math. It's kind of this new big field area since our society is developing more of a way to be computers and engineering and problem solving. They also sometimes call it STEAM now, and they're throwing the arts back in because a lot of schools have been cutting funding to the arts. So... I realized that I really loved these areas and I really enjoyed helping the teachers meet their standards outdoors so they could actually get the kids outside. And so the last two years I've been kind of running my own YouTube videos, uh, blog posts, and now it's a business from actually working with different schools around the Twin Cities of Minnesota and other groups like homeschool groups and preschools and parks and rec groups to get them outdoors learning and having fun and
1: connecting to nature. So when you say you're working with other schools, does that mean like they might come out to visit you at a park and like it's like a field trip in a way? Possibly. Otherwise, I'm coming on site.
2: So I've gone to a couple of preschools and done programs with them in their own little nature area in the back. So I've gone to their places on site and I've worked with them to do programs and meet different learning standards as young as like two. And then I'm also now working with, like, Parks and Rec groups. So I'll actually be going to their uh, city, local, county parks, and we have a program
1: scheduled, and we'll have people registering, and I'll do a program. So, so awesome. I remember when I was a preschool teacher in the um, Osseo School District, I brought my kids on a field trip to the Coon Rapids Dam, and a naturalist met us out there, and it totally reminds me of, like, what you're doing. And the families just loved it because these families, like, that – coon rapids dam was basically their backyard and they had never been there before this was their first time coming out there so one thing that really caught my eye on your website was like making it accessible and affordable to everyone and like when i came to the coon rapids dam with them we were like yeah this is free you guys can come here every day and just use this space so can you talk a little bit more about how you are gonna make it accessible and affordable to all. Yeah. So
2: there's a lot of, unfortunately, traditionally different groups of people, um, especially in the U.S., that have not had the exact same access to nature. Whether it's because they were discriminated against because of uh, their skin color, maybe they were immigrants and they couldn't speak the language, there's also been traditionally discrimination against women being in the outdoors and also the LGBTQIA community. So I'm working on trying to find ways of making people feel more comfortable outdoors is one of the first things, but then also showing them that like, hey, there's something for everyone out here. Even if you aren't super into like bugs and nature and stuff, You can come out and you can do photography or you can come out and do mindfulness and mental health type activities. Uh, The other cool thing about accessibility is a lot of people realize that there are a lot of these parks that are free, but they don't realize that a lot of the nature centers actually offer a lot of free resources. Like in addition to classes, a lot of them have like exploration kits. Like if you go up there, you don't have to like pay money. You can just leave your ID and check out a fishing pole and kit. And all you have to do is go get the bait. And it's like there's resources like this that people need to be aware of that they're they exist and then where there are gaps i'm going to be giving programming that's affordable and accessible so that people can do just that if the park doesn't offer enough fishing poles i might do a fishing program with my own set or birding or whatever it may be
1: i love that kid idea that reminded me of um, i know the anoka county libraries give a free kit out with like a binocular set and like a little geocaching units that exactly there's so many of these kits around
2: here and people just don't realize they're out there so I've been compiling a list of like recommendations for like this is a great park for dogs and this is why it has water it doesn't have water here's a park that has a lot of like outdoor nature play spaces because kids while it's fun to go hiking they really want to be climbing on trees and digging and not all parks are okay with that happening everywhere in the park they have like a specific space and so if parents know ahead of time like hey this park has a nature play area they can build shelters they can dig or you can check out a fire pit and teach your kids how to build fire like having those resources
1: available i think is
2: going to be very helpful getting more people outdoors
1: absolutely and that like totally reminds me of what you were writing in your newsletter today was about how like being outdoors for children just is going to reduce their anxiety and their stress and their depression and i know I see that because, like, at our preschool, we go outside every single day with the kids for at least a half hour. Like, that's just a standard thing. Yeah. Like, no matter the weather, pretty much, unless it's, like, pouring rain and lightning. But um, Unsafe. <laughs> yes. Like, we get out there every day, and I do see a huge difference when we go back in the classroom. And I know you were talking about, like, the behaviors in your newsletter and how you don't see a lot of them when you're outside. Um, so can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So one of my favorite things about going
2: outdoors with kids is especially when it's a school group, a lot of times ahead of time we'll have, maybe it's a summer camp too though, uh, we'll have the parents or the teacher saying, just so you know, little Jimmy sometimes struggles with listening to directions or sitting still or following rules and they, they, like they're, they're being a good parent. They're advocating for their kid. They're letting us know just so that we are aware ahead of time so that we can be a better teacher for them. But I get little Jimmy out in the woods, and I would say more often than not, they're just about the same as every other kid out there. Like I don't, I, it. There is scientific research to it that shows that the environment and being out in natural spaces can help reduce all these different things that you were talking about with stress and anxiety and depression. But what's really cool is, in addition to that, is it does kind of sometimes seem like it's magical. Like all of a sudden. He's just as active and good at listening as the other kids and running around. Or
1: maybe there's a little bit, but
2: it's not enough that you're going to notice it because all the kids are having fun.
1: I also noticed that Outdoor Classroom Day is coming up. I actually didn't know what that was. Can you kind of elaborate on what this is? Yeah, so (laughs) I didn't know about
2: it until like last year too when I first discovered it the first time on Twitter. And then I realized I'm like, oh... This is my kind of day, like, and it's international. So it's classrooms around the entire world for that day are getting their kids outdoors, maybe for an hour, maybe for the entire day. And they're getting them out and they're teaching and they're learning and they're meeting standards or they're getting kids to connect better to the standards that they already were covering in the classroom. And it's so cool because it got started in the UK, I believe it was like 2012. And it's just like spread since then. They have like 13 campaigns in different countries. There's like over 110 different countries. I think right now they're pretty close to something like 2.5 million uh, schools or classes are going to be involved. Last year, their
1: record was around 3 million, I believe. So hopefully they'll beat it this year. But if not, next year. Yeah. And when you're talking about those standards, like, yeah, that's so true. Like, I know when I go outside with preschoolers like I'm constantly like observing them and seeing what they are taking with nature. They're counting the leaves, they're counting the rocks, they're comparing things outside. Like there is so many standards that oh kids need to meet. <laughs> when they are outside and And it only gets harder as they get older for the teachers especially so how do we fix that issue
2: yeah (laughs) so one of the things like i said i worked at a stem school and my job was to help the teachers take these standards and find clever ways of teaching them outdoors so it was things like we're going to learn about the physics of flight using seeds we're going to do a seed experiment where we let the seed go in the wind and we can see if we can test the speed of the wind using the seeds as they float from you know set distances. Sometimes it worked better than other times. But another thing that I've been working on too, along with the accessible and affordable part of my mission, is um, a thing called exploration cards. So a lot of different nature centers will have like their own homemade cards and things that they'll use on a trail. Maybe it's something that they use when the kids are getting a little squirrely when they're hiking between locations. They also use it as an actual activity. So I'm working on sets of for specifically for like birding. But I also will touch in different pieces for math and English and stuff for the in there. Otherwise I'm working on sets that are completely focused on like math for ages, first grade and second grade since they hit some of the similar standards. So I'm hoping to be rolling those out in the next couple of months here and what I'm looking at doing is having each of the kits like something really affordable and then the teacher can just, you know, print, make multiple copies, use them different ways. Uh, otherwise I'm hoping to put together just a big giant set of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think if it's just, like, an easy, like, thing for a teacher to grab, then it's just something that they don't need to think of, like, it's not like we need to, like, look this up in our textbook, in our teaching handbook guide, it's just something simple that they can grab on their way out the door with the kids, and it's very easily accessible
2: yeah that is really the big thing is the easier the less complicated you can make these activities it doesn't matter what age group it is less complicated the activity the easier it is for you as the adult to explain it to the kid and the easier they'll have a chance of connecting with it especially if you have the multiple learning styles of like here we're gonna talk about it here I'm gonna show you it here you're gonna do it so that's three different learning styles all with one activity and you have a better chance of the kids remembering it and being able to apply it in the future
1: Exactly, and apply it, like, back at home because I love that part of your whole goal is to make it affordable to, like, any families as well. Like, there was one thing I saw on your website, too, where you had these, like, bird feeders made out of toilet paper rolls. Yeah. Like, that's such a simple thing. Everyone has toilet paper rolls. Like, (laughs) that's very accessible, and it's just a super easy thing to make.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I, I do try and put activities up like that to make it easier. So I have a program coming up recently that's with Apple Valley Parks and Rec, and it's going to be like... A snow steam day and we're gonna go over different activities that the parents can then go ahead and do at home again with their preschoolers so we maybe we'll be building wind socks or we'll be building precipitation gauges but then they can go ahead and use them at home or make more of them again next year I love that something that yeah, so yep. easy again I have one with Apple Valley and I have one with Lakeville coming up okay and
1: Lakeville I'll be going over at different
2: activities that will help them keep the kids outdoors all winter long
1: okay so does that fall under like your two categories of nature tours and hikes then when you're talking about these things that are happening at the apple valley kind of
2: so i have listed on my website nature tours and then outdoor classes i'll do and what's nice about these is i can partner with an outside group like a park so that i can use their space and we can get more of their residents involved in doing this activity but i also have a couple contracts with some of the local state parks where i can come and bring in an outside group i just have to get their correct permits ahead of time and let them know that we're coming And so that means I can partner with a homeschool group. I can partner with Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, or whoever it is who's interested in hiring us for something.
1: So if anyone is interested in hiring you for something, do they just kind of reach out to you and you start collaborating with them? Yeah.
2: So if you want to hire something that's privately for your own specific group, you reach out to me. I look at the schedule, your schedule. We figure out what's going to work best, how long, how many kids, what standards or what it is we want to focus on. And I schedule it that way. I'm also right now, hopefully in the next month, going to have my merchant account up on my website. So then I'll be scheduling public hikes and outdoor classes that anyone can sign up for at these
1: different parks and does that go along with like the free hike fridays at all um possibly right now i'm doing free hike fridays through eventbrite
2: and it's been working pretty well so i'm probably going to stick with it uh that's uh free hike fridays is its own separate program so that's me trying to give back and once again stick with that mission of making sure things are affordable and accessible because not everyone's going to be able to pay for these classes and different things so i want to make sure i'm offering at least one free hike per month so that if people want to get outdoors and they just want someone to lead them on a certain subject, they can. So next month is going to be a uh, self-care and reflections hike. So we're going to be focusing on the different like uh, activities that you can do for like positivity and self-esteem while you're outdoors. Because since nature has such, these beneficial properties with helping with anxiety, stress, depression, etc. Uh, by doing some of these activities, it actually makes them help a little bit more why by doing them outdoors we're all adults we've struggled with mental health and different things throughout our life it's completely natural and normal and i found that over time me doing a lot of these like journaling these different activities when i was out on a hike was super beneficial like i love feeling really really good like even more better than i felt like on a normal hike and that's just my experience but i definitely want to give it back to the people of minnesota with this event in november so hopefully see you out there
1: yeah that sounds like an amazing event to come to one thing that I loved so much about your making it accessible for everyone post was that you were such an advocate for putting paved trails into some of our parks and I loved that so much it spoke so much to me because when we were at Yellowstone this past summer with my parents who don't have really good knees the only trails that they can go on were paved trails so a paved trail in a national park made it very accessible for them so can you talk a little bit about your blog post because that just spoke so much to me yeah I mean, it's not to be too
2: controversial, it's more of the idea that, you know, there are so many parks, especially here in Minnesota, we're so blessed to have so many different parks. You've got city, county, national, state. I mean you got wildlife management areas the idea is that you know not every single park needs to have it but you know a lot of these parks that are high use it'd be kind of nice if it had at least one paved trail and this is because not everyone who goes out and enjoys nature has the same exact access you know having this one paved trail can allow the mom who needs to have the stroller because she has three You know she has triplets and she needs to be able to get them all around through the woods. Having that paved trail make it easier for her and her kids to go outdoors. Uh, The older adults who need walkers or wheelchairs or electric scooters having one paved trail will allow them to get out and enjoy nature. You know they don't have to stop enjoying it just because now they need different they have different needs for mobility. And also there's a lot of people who are new to the outdoors and having a paved trail can make it a lot more Comfortable and easier for them to get outdoors because they don't feel like they're gonna get lost because if they stay on the paved trail They're gonna roughly know where they are or can they can find their way back if they follow it So those are kind of some of the big reasons why I really do support trying to have at least one paved trail or Packed trail something that people can access if they have different accessibility needs than walking or
1: even hardcore hiking (laughs) exactly because yeah the outdoors is a place for everyone so let's be inclusive of every type of person (laughs) they're called public parks for a reason it's for the public so you know it's just
2: my thought i know it can sometimes be a little controversial and run rub people the wrong way but i do feel like with our aging population with the baby boomers and i i know someday i'm not going to be you know wonder woman running around and hiking up super steep cliffs and stuff like i'm still going to want to go outdoors i'm going to want to have one trail that i can still go out and i can enjoy lebanon hills or i can go out and luckily fort snelling does have a couple so i can still go out and enjoy fort snelling state park but you know it just would be nice so that i can still enjoy getting out and exploring new places because this new park i go to does happen to have that one paved trail that me and my little old lady walker can enjoy walking down together
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly, yes. Um and then your your YouTube channel, I know one of the videos that I liked a lot was the one of you and your fiance talking about climbing trees and how like cuz so many Families, I mean, I speak to parents on a daily basis as a teacher and families and parents can sometimes be a little wary of sending their kids out on trees or even like a big slide for their first time. So I loved that video, just like 10 safety tips. Um, Let's kind of talk about the safety tips and then just talk about your YouTube channel and what you do with that.
2: Yeah, so I, similar to you, I work in the outdoor field. I had worked in preschools from when I was like 15 through college. So like... I I saw a lot of the same things. You know, we kind of have this culture now where if you're not a helicopter parent, you're being a bad parent, leaving your kid out in the woods, even if it's just the backyard by themselves. Like it, it's kind of gotten to this extreme and I really feel for the parents who too really want to get their kid outdoors but they were like, well, but if I do this and the Sammy judgment. Breaks. Yeah, <laughs> the judgment and Sammy Breaks his arm and You know like so by giving people safety tips like look if you follow these tips you lessen the risk of getting injured while climbing even on a tree you know making sure you're not going too high off the ground only your height off the ground that way you could hang from a branch and put your feet on the ground roughly speaking so i really appreciated putting together that type of stuff so that parents and teachers knew that hey you can let them climb on trees we climbed on trees like i remember being a kid and going in the backyard and climbing on trees And, you know, probably doing a lot more risky things than a lot of parents would let their kids do now. Like, we would uh, play with hammers and nails back there unsupervised and build forts and (laughs) tear them down and build new forts somewhere else. Like, you know, I I loved growing up and being able to do those things, and I want to make sure other people have the same access to that. And so that's actually kind of why the YouTube video started. I was at a place in Illinois working and I was really missing the STEM school and the work I was doing with helping the teachers meet their standards and get the kids outdoors. So I was like, well, what if I just kind of did it on my own? And I started doing the blog and then I realized I was doing like research, trying to learn more from other people. And I realized no one was on YouTube making YouTube videos and I'm like, Well, like I can borrow my dad's camera and I'll go out and I'll try it out myself. And I really actually kind of enjoyed doing it and making these videos that allowed people to get outdoors and develop these skills, whether it was tracking or maybe it was learning how to use binoculars or these different activities that like you were saying I loved the one too
1: about where you talked about the the footprints outside, like naming different animal footprints. Yeah. (laughs) They're just so informative and you make it so easy to watch, and just, like, so clear on the videos. It's just a very simple thing for anyone to follow along.
2: Yeah. Well, it is a skill. It is something that I've developed and I learned. Like, tracking was one of the first things that really got me outdoors regularly in the winter as a kid. I mean, I was like any other kid. I loved sledding. I loved skiing and ice skating. But, like, I didn't do a whole lot of hiking in the winter as opposed to, like, the spring, the summer, and the fall. And then when I started realizing I could find animal prints, and then I found the very first print from a bird of prey coming down and snatching a rabbit or a squirrel or something and seeing those wing tips on the snow it was just the coolest thing ever and realizing that the snow and even mud shares a story when animals leave their prints behind and that you could follow it I mean that was by far the most exciting part ever was realizing that I could age prints and I could see how new a print was like if it it was about an hour old because of mud and the sun drying and such and being able to follow it and actually see the deer I mean the hands down the best best one i ever had it was the time i got to see wolves in the wild we were up visiting a family friend of my parents up in like northern minnesota and i went for a hike from their cabin doing my normal thing tracking i was probably about like 15 16 and i'm hiking along and it's probably like some old like deer hunting trail or deer trail and i start noticing uh, canine footprints and then i realized that they're fresh and there were no human footprints whatsoever other than the ones behind me and i was like Oh my gosh. Either it's a wild dog or maybe it's a wolf. It looks like a wolf. It's oval shaped. It has the claws in the right spot. And there's a few of them. And so I followed it, but I got to see... Uh, three wolves running across a field, you know, in northern Minnesota, and they were in the wild, and they were really small, you know, running across the field. I didn't try and get like too close or anything, but I was like, I got to see wild wolves, and it was like s- magical. It was so cool. I mean, like, <laughs> I-, I understand everything plays a role in the ecosystem, and I do believe in like wolf management and stuff like that, but like, it was so incredibly cool to realize like I just tracked wolves for a couple hours, and I got to see the wolves run across the field. I wasn't able to get a picture of my camera is the sad part because I was too busy like oh my god, there's wolves over
1: there, and the camera's down here, and no photos are being taken. That's so magical. So with um, bringing kids out on nature hikes and showing them animals and teaching them how to track, have you ever, like, brought children out to, like, follow a raccoon or a chipmunk or anything? And how do you safely do that with a group of children?
2: Yeah, so we have attempted it before, but the thing about hiking with a large group of children is it's usually pretty noisy, even if they are trying to be quiet. I think the best we When you ever... say large, what is, like... Your typical number. I mean, ideally for a naturalist being outdoors, you'd want to group somewhere probably between like 12 or 15 at the biggest. But I've definitely hiked with groups that were probably closer to, like, 20 children. But there were other adults with us, too, making sure we were sticking to the safety ratios. Um, even when they're doing their very best, and I know they're doing their best, it's a lot of feet. There's a lot of leaves. There's a lot of sticks. Plus, we have odor we give off, and we're approaching from the wrong side. So be it. But I think the most we've ever seen is probably, like, uh, deer or maybe squirrels and rabbits. I know I did once uh, track a possum with a co-worker, and that was pretty cool because little possum in the snow their poor little feet like trying to make their way they're pretty slow moving we were able to find them and then we just kind of watch and we're like kind of feel bad for you but we're not gonna like pick you up or anything because you're a wild animal yeah getting into that safety distance rule so when you're hiking with kids and you're doing tracking especially 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 if it's an animal that could cause you harm this includes deer because deer can kick and they got antlers and pretty sharp strong hooves on strong legs uh is the thumb rule So you hold your hand straight out, you put the thumb in the middle, and you kind of close one eye. And if the animal is bigger than your thumb, your thumb can't cover up the animal, you're technically too close. And this is to make sure if it's a bigger animal like a bear, you're farther away. If it's something smaller like a bobcat, you're still a good distance away like it it really is a really easy rule to use and i definitely was following that rule happily i can say when i was tracking the wolves they were definitely smaller than my thumb across the field
1: so (laughs) okay the thumb rule so now kids can safely go out and do that and i can feel more confident now that i know the thumb rule (laughs) (laughs) yeah um can you kind of talk about your youtube channel i know there's a ton of free resources you have out there in your YouTube channel and how do people find your YouTube channel and how often do you release videos? Yeah, so the YouTube channel
2: is called EcoAlsa as well. It's one word. I have, I think I'm going to be releasing video number 50 this week. So I've been doing it for about two years here on and off again, uh, releasing different videos. I have a wide variety I and the Beginning, I really focused on giving teachers the skills to get outdoors with their kids and parents. And then I started moving more into the, here's how you use binoculars, and here's how you track, and here's like some more advanced techniques for tracking. And trying all these different things so that you can be a
1: well-rounded person when it comes to going outdoors and teaching outdoors and getting your kids outdoors. I love that. And do you find that a lot of um, teachers and parents are following that and like using your resources? Yeah, I've been getting some comments, occasionally questions and emails
2: from people asking about certain things, maybe some ideas I have. Usually a lot of it's like uh, activities and how do you put together the activities in a good order, stuff like that. So I'm hopefully going to be releasing a video about that soon. Um, Also, it's looking for more resources for, like, what can I do outdoors to, like, teach about this. And I'm working on putting together my own stuff, like I said, with the exploration cards and stuff and worksheets eventually. But I also usually direct people to things like Outdoor Classroom because they put out a lot of great resources for free. But there's also groups like uh, Project Wild, Project Wet, Project Learning Tree, Beetles Project. A lot of them put out a ton of free resources as well. Um, Some of them do include if you want to get their curriculum, you have to take one of their paid classes. And I've done the training for Project Wild before and Project Wild Aquatic. And it was a really great training even for me as a naturalist because we went over how to use their curriculum, what's included in their curriculum, And it just gave me, like, tons and tons of more activities. Some of them were familiar even. There were things that I had played as a kid and I didn't realize it was a Project Wild game, like Camouflage or Odeer. You do have to pay to take the class, but then you get the curriculum as part of the class usually, or you just have to pay a little bit more for it. So I do recommend it. It is really interesting, especially, I think, if I didn't have the natural resource background I do have, it would be really beneficial because they do give you that rundown of, Here's how you take kids outdoors. And it's a great training. And is that something that anyone can go take? I believe so. It depends on your state. So how Project Wild works is it is a national group organization, and they have a coordinator for each state. Usually it's someone like involved with their local like Department of Natural Resources or something like that. And you'd work with a coordinator to see when there's a class to sign up for, or maybe they have it posted on a certain website. I know for Minnesota, for I believe it's Project Learning Tree and Project Wild, they do it on the Minnesota DNR webpage under education and then they have the coordinator's name and contact listed so you can reach
1: out to them. What a cool resource. There's just so much out there and just like hearing you talk just makes me so inspired to go bring my class of preschoolers outside all day long tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, it's going to be cold I think. (laughs) Well, we talked about getting um, raincoats and rain boots for every single child in the preschool room. How cool would that be? it would be a lot
2: of work, (laughs) but it would be
1: very much worth it, especially
2: if you can get that variety of sizes. I know, it's hard. Uh, One thing, I did like the STEM school I worked at, is what they would do is if there was anything lost and found end of the year if it was something they could use they would wash it and they divvy it out to the teacher so that oh so and
1: so forgot gloves you get to use the classroom gloves that we have in the bin oh yep, like, we have that all the time yep you need those because if you're going outside you got to be prepared and obviously you know that with children they're that's what they, do. they forget everything and Absolutely. even if they bring it they forget it out there
2: i remember once Absolutely. doing a night hike and games at a facility I worked at and a kid lost their white hat in the snow at night and somehow one of the teachers one of our staff actually found it while they were out there walking that night and I was like well that was
1: kind of crazy yeah like <laughs> that you didn't have to wait until like springtime to find it oh my gosh like <laughs> if it had snowed that night they would have been all over that white hat would have
2: been gone <laughs>
1: So um you have the YouTube channel which is Eco Elsa how else can people reach out to you or get in contact with you and just find out more information about all your resources Yeah
2: I know there's a lot so the very big one to go to it's like the focal point for everything is the website and it's just www.ecoelsa.com so ecoelsa.com you can search in in uh, Google or whatever it is you use and then on that website I have links to a lot of my other sites but I'm also on Facebook I'm on Twitter
1: I'm on Instagram I'm on Pinterest and I'm on LinkedIn now too so um, with that said do you have any last words that you want to say to our listeners any small tidbits of information about getting outside for those hesitant parents or families. Getting outdoors is flexible. There's something
2: for everyone outdoors. I really, truly, honestly believe in that. My mom is an artist, and she used to say there's a medium for everyone, whether it's photography or clay or paint or whatnot. And I really, truly like want to take her words and be like, there is something outdoors for everyone. If you want to go out and just take photos for Instagram on your beautiful hike out in the fall leaves, go for it. Get outdoors. All the better. We want you out there enjoying it. Enjoy it the way you want. Just please do not be a trail trasher. Just make sure you're taking care of the environment and being respectful that it is a public place that you're sharing with other people and with the wildlife that calls it home. Uh, In addition to that, I wanna say the Hiking Through Life people, Andy and Sarah, you guys are so awesome. I'm really excited to be on here and hopefully we can collaborate on some stuff in the future. So make sure to check out more of their stuff on their website too. Thank you so much. It's been such
1: a pleasure having you on today, Yiko Elsa. Yeah, thank you. I was so happy that we met up with Eco Elsa. Elsa's drive and passion to make getting outdoors more accessible for everyone is really contagious and after meeting with her it just made me like I said want to bring my group of kids outside.
0: If you are just looking to get into the outdoors or you're looking at various different ways to engage your kids in the outdoors go over to ecoelsa.com and look at all the resources she's putting together out there. Her YouTube channel um all of the programs that she's providing um the hikes um that she's looking to get up in the future the free hike fridays
1: yeah i just think she's doing so many wonderful things for the outdoor community and those that aren't yet in the outdoor community but want to get into that outdoor community eco elsa is a really good resource for people to reach out to and follow so we're super excited that we connected with her And we definitely plan on working with her in the future. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.